was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 68. <laughs> and in this episode, blah, blah, I can't even talk. In this episode, we're going to be talking about, of course, the metaverse, but in little baby vibes, right? Um, what is a board of an ape, right? And why does everybody have one? We're going to be talking about Forbes and the YouTube stars that got paid millions and millions of dollars more than we did. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Sheesh. <laughs> and um, collaborations that can possibly get you paid these millions of dollars, you know? Moose, how are we feeling about this episode? Hey, look, if you don't come from old money, then you got to figure out a way to get some of this new money. And this is it right here. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens. Cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And you know what time it is. It is the review of the week. And we're doing a little bit. Well, I can't even talk today. We're doing something different, okay? We're talking to our Spotify people, all right? They have a rating system. And people have been giving us five stars. And we wanted to appreciate all our Spotify listeners or those who have the Spotify app that went over there and gave us a five star. We love you. We appreciate you. Continue to do that. Apple podcast people continue to leave us a review and pod chasers continue to leave us a review. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. And shout out to all our audio listeners our video viewers, wherever you're watching it, we love you. We appreciate y'all too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, Moose, how are we feeling? Yeah, feeling so good. Feeling so good. Continuing to ride the momentum. Things are going well. Spent some time with the fam today. Mm. Oh, it is brutally cold in New York, by the way. You're going to say I'm break. About, you're going to say break. Yeah, it you is are. break and brutally cold. Yeah, it is indeed. <laughs> brick and brutally cold. Man, it was like. I want to say almost 10 degrees or so today. Wind chill of about zero. Uh, why did I just... Yeah, it was, it was crazy cold. I'm not one to typically complain about the cold, but I'm like, dang, this is like disrespectful cold. Mm. But uh, yeah, we, we managed to stay inside. Thank God for like cars that you can start from the remote or from mm. your phone. It, that's, that's a major advantage because you get to the car, it's already somewhat warm. So uh, thank yeah, some God people for need that, to man. add that on. That came with your car, right? <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 goals, people. Big, big <laughs> blessing. Yeah, <laughs> that's goals, people. Yeah, my yeah. my hundred doesn't do that. <laughs> big, but, but I'll tell you, a big blessing though, man. Big blessing is so worth it in the winter. If you live in a, even if you live in a warm state, because you could do the same with the AC. Yes, because a, a car could be. Brutally hot in the yes. summer. But uh, yeah, not nah. feeling good though, man. Really excited and uh, continuing to continuing to build the community based business model. I've been talking about that a lot. You know, not just not just happy that I'm good or we're good or the circle is good, mm -hmm. but really being intentional about pulling people with us like, yo, who can I? Oh, you know what? C come on. All right, just tapping people in. Like, come, come on with us for this ride. So, yeah, man, grateful and um, really happy to be on this new setup, too. I don't know if you could tell, but I'm feeling kind of uh, presidential. I'm sitting a little bit more elegant and okay. uh, <clears throat> proper. Okay. I did, this, I did this lighting setup by myself, but uh, thanks to Nikki for the camera and uh, about a year and a half of coaching. <laughs> Yo, you know what's crazy? Okay, last thing real quick. Mm. I remember one of the first Facebook Lives that I did. Yes. I had a I had a clamp light desk. You know yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like those those light uh reading lights that clamp onto yeah. <laughs> whatever your bedside or something. 
I remember when we did like a Facebook Live, I was like, yo, I got no lighting and I look terrible. So I, I was using my my computer light, a uh, computer camera, and I clamped the light onto the side of like whatever I had right there. And midstream, we're live, it just goes kung. And I, I like freak out. <laughs> you're like, you're like, are you okay? And I was like, um, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. It's, it's good. <laughs> it's just, I'm just like, I'm just looking at that to this is like, wow, it, it, you can't, you can't start here day one, but you sure can get coaching and make some investments and learn and be consistent and work up to this. So yeah, I'm grateful for you, man. This has been a heck of a ride and I'm just excited about tonight and I got my mug. So, you know, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. I just, I just want to say I am proud of you. That's, that's all that matters. You know what I mean? that's, Thank you. Thank you that's so all much. That matters. Yeah. For me, uh, I have been getting in a routine of meditating in the metaverse. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, shout out to those who have an Oculus. This is not a sponsorship or anything like this. Um, Should be. We'll talk about that offline. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think I was, no, the funniest experience. I don't know if anybody else has it. Uh, Supernatural is the app, right? And uh, Tiffany Haddish is a guest trainer on the on this app, right? Mm. Now, meditating with Tiffany Haddish is hilarious. That's got to be funny. I was about to say that's hilarious, right? And and boxing with Tiffany Haddish is definitely way more hilarious because meditating she has to be a little bit more serious. But you can still hear like the ratchetness come out. So it's like, <laughs> oh, this is distracting. I need to do another one because this yeah. is hilarious. It's like, but I think I was, uh, I, I was in Egypt. I saw the pyramids. Mm. I was in temples. Um, she had me meditating in this really nice green area of like a lot of mountains and everything. It was really dope. Right. Wow. That's my that's my whole thing. I try. Uh, the goal is ten minutes in the morning, ten minutes at night. You know, mm. uh, in order to have thirty minutes in the morning and thirty minutes at night, I'm trying to reach that one so I can have a full hour of just like calmness mm -hmm. for the mm -hmm. day. That's my goal. No, that's good. Yeah. That's what's up. That's really good. I mean, and then my little boxing a little bit afterwards. Ooh, yeah. box boxing was fun. I almost punched the kitchen counter yesterday, but it was a uh, it was a lot of fun yesterday. Did you do the Creed uh, you know, one? Not yet. No, I just did the one that was like on the on the the on the platform or on the software itself. Oh, I haven't even done that one. I I went yeah. straight to Supernatural and Creed. So you need to need I'm to, about do, to yeah. I'm gonna yeah. Let's see what time we wrap up tonight. It's a little late, but. I might, I might punch some <laughs> oh, out listen! Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Moose because he finally got an Oculus. Yeah, All right, finally yeah. got an Oculus. Uh, finally unboxed the Oculus. Oh, well, that too. We <laughs> yeah. we had him in the the co working space, and he was like, "Oh my god, this! Yeah. I see, I see what fun. you're talking about. It was fun. About. It was fun. Absolutely." But let's get into this episode. <laughs> So, real quick, fast, in a hurry. Um, little baby, okay? Now, he went, I, I want to say a little bit viral for a statement that he made uh, this past week, or depending on when you're hearing this, right? Uh, where he's not going to be carrying cash no more. He is doing mm. everything in the metaverse. Pay him in crypto, and that is it, Right? Um, which is very interesting because throughout these past couple of months, little baby literally has been making moves with buying NFTs, investing in, uh, crypto, uh, platforms and things like that. But let's get into the clip and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I stay in the metaverse from now on. This cash, these book bags of cash I got, I'm going to get rid of all that. It's just old. I don't got no more cash. Damn. I ain't walking around with cash. Man. I'm flexing a whole nother way. <laughs> I put 
Knowledge in this other company called Moonpay. Moonpay? Uh, Moonpay is how you transfer your crypto into like real money. Ah, uh, okay, okay. For 7% without having to go through so many steps. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, because the fee is ridiculous. The NFT I bought was like the, big, the biggest NFT, like Bored Apes do. Yeah, the that's NFT. the biggest series. Then I got this new shit I invested in. So, um, first off, are you going to put all your money in the metaverse, mm. Moose? Hold on. I don't, I don't know about all. I don't know about all. I may, I'm, yeah, I don't know about, at least, at least not at the jump. You know, I'm a little bit more of a, uh, still traditional nonetheless, but I mean, it's just, it's just got to make sense. I think if it's safe from an investment standpoint, by all means, I think me investing into the Oculus was a form of being open-minded and progressive. Mm-hmm. Me investing into crypto and, and, and exposing myself quite a bit towards crypto, not just ETFs and traditional stocks. I, I took bigger positions this well, not this year because it's January, but as of uh, even dating back to November of uh, 2021, mm-hmm. took bigger positions there. So slowly but surely starting to make more a stern kind of positions as it relates to crypto in the metaverse. But I don't know about all, you know what I'm saying? It's got to take a couple of years before I slowly, slowly start converting. But I think we're headed there. I really think that the, the flex of the future is going to be digital. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to require that a lot of your assets are going to appear in digital form in things that you probably can't wear physically or touch physically, but you can experience in that 3D format. So I think that's where where we're headed. And someone like, you know, for for anyone who is of that status, of course, little baby or someone with large sums of money, I think it makes sense for them, especially as they, because I don't know that they're moving all of their money. Again, you you never know the full details of something, but you, you you can look at, a large transaction or a large, uh, uh, what, what we call it, a large transfer mm-hmm. as an investment and just say, well, look, even if I lose it all, it's okay. But if, if it works, especially in some of these companies that he's talking about, if it works, you're, you're talking about, and, and we mentioned this in some of our previous ap- episodes, being an early adapter into a space. It's like us having the knowledge and the funds when the internet first came out so th- th- we're finally in position to to take advantage of th- an era that jeff bezos capitalized on and you know some of these other people steve jobs absolutely crushed it we're in position to do the same so yeah I, I, long story short I, I think it's a good move for those who are you know very well financially backed and and can expose themselves a little bit more than you know some of the the younger guys who are taking it day by day. I agree with that. I think um, I think it's smart what he's doing um, as far as taking the metaverse serious. Uh, even my mom, shout out to mom. She's like, I really want to invest in the metaverse. Mm. I think this is going to be the thing. So you got to help me. Right. I was like, That's mom, cool. I got to I got to know myself what we're doing. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I don't want to steer you wrong. Well, when you find out, right? Um, so the fact that I, I don't know if I agree with putting all of it in there or whatever your amount, I do believe at least that he's seeing it and he's seeing the importance of it. I think that's pretty cool. Now, got to talk about uh, board board apes. Everybody's mm. buying this this monkey, this ape. Right. Mm-hmm. Changing their their profile pics. And it's like they're a guap of money. OK. Yeah. So we're talking about um, I think the bare minimum right now is like 71 Ethereum. And for people who don't know what that means, that is about two hundred and sixty seven thousand dollars. Mm. OK. The crazy thing is these uh, JPEGs to some, right, uh, used to be $190 all the way in April. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So let, let's kind of talk about why is it even worth that much, right? And it goes with two things. It goes with who has it and community, right? So we have people like Jimmy Fallon, Eminem, Post Malone, DJ Khaled, Timbaland, mm-hmm. um, Gunna, and he even got a tattoo, Future, uh, Steph Curry, Shaq, Snoop, mm. like celebrities after celebrities, and they keep picking it up because now it's more of a status symbol, wow. right? Also, they have um, not only like from a NFT standpoint, you get access to other airdrops of other NFTs that are going to be worth a lot, but they have exclusive events for board ape holders. So if you have one, you can be in a party with everybody I just named, Mm. you know? So it definitely becomes like, if you sell it, you're selling your network access now. Ooh. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you're when you have something like this, it's now looked at like, oh, you are part of an elite society, uh, an elite club. And so where some people may pay so much to be in these masterminds or go into these parties and things like that, you're now paying for something that you can clearly show ownership in. Like the the crazy thing I, I read, um, I read something. It said you can download a JPEG of a board ape just like you can wear a ten dollar uh, Rolex knockoff. Mm. Right. So if people are getting confused with like, yo, why would I pay so much for for a picture? Right. Mm-hmm. We can ask the same thing of why would you pay so much for a watch? Why would you pay mm. so much for this type of bag? You know, when you could buy it from mm. Chinatown. Status symbol. Right. So now everybody's trying to get their hands on a board ape. Now it's it's a big deal. It's in headlines when somebody else new has it. So Like the fact that we're seeing the importance of digital ownership and it now becoming a status symbol, Mm -hmm. it's, it's game over to be honest with you. Because if, if a picture of a random monkey, yeah, like that was $190 before, that's the crazy part about this in April. And so there's, there's, there's a few things I get out of this. It's like, okay, if this is, this is kind of where we're going, there's, there's two ways you could look at it. Like you can look at these NFT projects in a very early stage, right? And look at their utility and look at their access and see, you know, what has the most potential or you could hold on to some money and see that something is a is is going in a great momentum and may have to pay i don't know two three four thousand dollars five thousand dollars for a particular nft that could then go higher that's how mm-hmm. people are looking at it now of with these nfts because it's like it's not just the art anymore it's what else can it do yeah. now if you yeah. if you got into those projects where it's like just the art, you know, it's like a gamble. But more and more of the celebrities and the influencers are getting into the NFT game from a collector standpoint. Like I was uh, doing uh, research on Snoop and Snoop has a, not only has a, sandbox like whole mansion in there and has already released his own types of nfts but he also 
has an amazing wallet. Like I said, he also has a board ape. I think he has a few, right? Nice. And he he continues to collect different ones. So it, it's it's something we definitely and we keep saying this, but it's something we definitely have to really pay attention to as far as like what are NFTs from a collector standpoint? Like maybe I can't collect the Mona Lisa, but what is the Mona Lisa of NFTs? Mm. You know? Maybe I can't uh I don't have the the vintage Louis Vuitton, right? But I can get something almost as valuable. Like I think they're doing Birkin bags in there. They're doing they they just sold um man, they just did a Hennessy one that I think was like 200k in itself. Wow. So like people are are doing some really major things with these NFTs. And I love that, you know, uh, little baby is like, I got one. And, and he, he actually like, uh, um, with the Atlanta people, like mm-hmm. he got one, then gonna got one and future got one. And probably a couple of other rappers down there got, got one because yo, if, Little baby got one. That's crazy. Right. 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 Yeah, it opens it up to a bigger demographic. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the big entrepreneurship lesson that's wrapped in there though, and 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 of course I'm gonna speak to one of your favorite people. I feel like Nip was so ahead of his time because yes. this is showing us that you don't have to place value in the physical item or the product that you're creating. Mm-hmm. You can you can allow that to be a means of exchange. It's almost like an ID. If you think about it, like your driver's license, that's what the NFT represents. But that ID allows you access to those, like you mentioned, specific networks. So yes, while I can print it for 10 bucks, that's not where the value is stacked. The value is stacked in being able to network and connect and gain access to these intimate gatherings or unique elements that that specific NFT is presenting. So I think that's a big lesson for some of our entrepreneurs who are listening to this. You need to start thinking about how can I place the value of what I really bring to the table, not just in the physical product that I'm trying to sell, but attach something to it that it's going to create a bigger value or a bigger exchange down the line. And it actually enriches the experience in the process. So yeah, I think that's, that's something that we should definitely take away from this as well, because if you're uncomfortable or you're not in a financial position to take advantage of something like a board ape, not to mention there are other price points that you can enter at, right? There are obviously a ton of other projects that somebody can, can support or invest in, but you can think about, seeing how this trend translates to your business and how you can make those moves there. That's facts. So if you're going to go buy a board ape yacht club NFT, just understand you're about to spend a lot of money, a lot of money. All right. Anyways, let's get into this next topic. Uh, Forbes put out their, I think it's like 10, 10 people, right? Um, highest paid YouTube stars of 2021. And um, of course, Mr. Beast is number one. We've gone over him, uh, I think one or two times so far. He's made $54 million dollars. Right. But the person that I really wanted to talk about when it comes to this list is number six, who is a seven year old. Right. Mm. Making twenty eight million dollars. What? That's incredible. Beat Ryan, by the way. Ryan's still on the list, but I think he's number seven. So this chick uh, is, what's her, what's her, Nastia? Nastia. Sounds horrible. 
but that's her name, um, is seven years old and actually has multiple brand deals, merchandise, an NFT collection, and did something interesting that I didn't know YouTubers were doing. So there is this company called Spotters that is buying up creators' rights to their old YouTube catalog, Mm. which sounds very music industry-ish because we've gone over that with like Tina Turner and a few other people, right, just buying up their catalogs. And so now they're saying, oh, we don't have to only do that for music. We could do that with creators as well. And do the same thing. Like if it's under our possession, we are going to be able to distribute and get the deals and the licensing that you deserve. And I'm like, Mm. oh, wow. So I'm first off, can I say I'm not wrong where if we look at how the music industry does it, it is somewhat of a blueprint and a model of what personal brands and creators are going to have to face um, or are facing right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So that she, and as well as one other person on the list, I think the one above her, right. Had a really good deal. And they were saying it was like, they give you a large sum of money in order to expand your your business, right? Because on this list, it's not saying this is how much you're making from YouTube altogether. This is YouTube. This is brand deals. This is merchandise. This is touring. This is whatever other businesses that you may have. Um, who is it? Jake Paul is number two with uh, 45 million, and it's not because of YouTube. He actually barely uh, posts on YouTube unless it has to deal with his boxing, but he made 90% of his money from boxing. That's good. So what Forbes is saying is like, look, you can start on YouTube. You made probably a good amount of money on YouTube, but really we're looking at you as a complete business uh, situation. Where, you know, what are your other businesses? What are your other streams of income that we can say you started here and you've grown to so much bigger? And let's give you this kind of title. And the fact that a, a seven-year-old, like, has made $28 million is just crazy to me. But... I don't want to, and and the reason why I'm kind of already stuttering is because I don't even really like this topic, but I, before we recorded this, this podcast, I did a reel highlighting Mm -hmm. some of the creators that made this amount of money, like 54 all the way down to 28 mil is not light. And so the fact that you can come up with an idea and make money from it, I just want to celebrate. Right. However, of course, the topic that is still running in my comments when we're recording this is there are no creators from the YouTube level and as well, TikTok came out with their list as well um, that look like us. There's no minorities on the list, right? Now, I'm not going to still make it about that, but it's obvious, super obvious. And my response to that is more of, we just have a lot more work to do. We really have to be the change of what we see tomorrow, what we see next year's charts or standings, where we see the following year, we have to make it a new normal. And it's 
there's still stuff we have to do. Maybe we have to talk to brands directly. Maybe, you know, we have to take more ownership in certain things. Maybe we should fight more on, you know, on these reportings. If they have it wrong, let's show proof. Kanye fought for his. (laughs) Kanye was like, hello, I'm a billionaire. Let me show you these receipts. Because clearly, you're not going to take me serious. That's real. That's real. Right? So, I'm not trying to... Like, not really talk on the topic like that, but it's more of, it's really about how do we fix this? Well, yeah, I I mean, I I agree with you, Nixon. I got to start here. Eventually, we're going to have to stop guilt tripping every single time this conversation comes up. And let me be very clear, because I don't want people to think that I'm not for the culture or I'm not supportive of minorities. I mean, I think we've made it very clear about what we represent and and how much we care for our culture and our people on this platform. But my point is every single time we, we make that the key issue, we are responding to a trigger and triggers are in some shape or form connected to unaddressed trauma. Hmm. Right. So that's us going back to a situation that we haven't been able to resolve for centuries. And, and, and notice the other community, I'm just going to call them the other community. The other community never comes on our platform and says, hey, how come you're not representing my people on your platform? Right. Why, why is there not representation of us on your? Because they're busy building their own. So I think the conversation that we should be focused on instead is, hey, what is it about maybe black owned and minority owned companies that are not paying creators enough to be a part of that list? Mm -hmm. What is it about management, black owned and minority owned management companies or agents that represent incredibly talented and creative, gifted individuals of our community that we're not able to position them in spaces to attract the same level of money. Mm-hmm. Now we've seen some people take the, this path on their own. You got to give an incredible shout out to Steve Stout, Maverick Carter and LeBron James and their camp because they're taking it into their own hands between United masters and Uh, I think it's called Spring Hill Entertainment or Spring Hill Cup. Between what they're doing there, just amongst themselves, they're saying, you know what? We're not going to have this conversation. We're going to build the company. We're going to build and scale the platforms that eventually when we invite our talent, the only conversation that's left to have, Nick's, is are we as minority-owned companies that have the platform, are we going to compensate our own people fairly and equally so that they can make these lists. So that's the part of it that I would, that I would say, that's the conversation we need to be having. How can we have more of these ownership dialogues to create and put ourselves, put ourselves in position that we're not guilt tripping every time. And then we can just simply go out there and compete, not complain, but we can go out into the marketplace and compete. Yeah, I think, and shout out to, um, uh, we've we've spoken lightly about them fan base and uh Isaac Hayes uh the third he spoke on it and I mean fan base is black owned so like of course he's going to speak on you know black creators and minority creators not necessarily making the list but I like what he's doing because he created a platform well, right. that's not going to be the problem here. So mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here saying there isn't a clear unfairness that's happening. However, I'm more saying like, we, we just got to be the change. We just got to, we, we got to make sure that this doesn't continue to happen or we just take our talents somewhere else. If yeah. we don't like these particular platforms, 
where will we be appreciated? Do we create our own and support our own? Yeah. So. 100%. I will say this, um, and this may not be a very popular thing, but um, if you don't like what TikTok put out and don't like what YouTube put out, then jump on fan base and be the change. Come on. You know? Come on. Go where you will be celebrated instead of continuing to kick and scream at a place that doesn't necessarily acknowledge you. If it's such a problem. But nine out of ten times, that's that right there. Yeah. Why? Because the audience is there. They're not going to go. It's not everybody. But some people are not going to go where, yes, the beliefs are great. The purpose is great. But the audience isn't there just yet. Mm-hmm. So if you have such a problem, go on fan base. Go on, go on a platform that is, uh, looks more like us. And that's perfectly fine. But until then, tr- find another way to create a solution. Figure out, and I put it on my post where I was like, this is an issue, but let's look at the blueprint that they're laying out and let's let's apply it. Let's figure out how to go all in on merchandise, all in on brand deals, all in on these different particular deals with the, with, you know, with Spotter, you know, and those different types of companies. Let's go all in on NFTs. Let's go all in on other different what, events, touring. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go all in on that to the max, understand our analytics for YouTube in order to create the retention that we need in order to create the niche audience that we need that can get the max uh ad sense so when numbers pile up we're at the millions we're at the 28 the 30 the 40 the 50 we're at that but if we're not doing all of that can we sit and complain because mm-hmm. we're sitting and complaining and we can't even name a a creator who is supposed to be making that much right now. We're just saying there's there, there needs to be more black creators or minority based creators. But who are you speaking about in directly? Like that's all I kept hearing was there where are the black creators? Which one? So so we could all fight. But right. you're not saying which one. You're just saying black creators. Where are their receipts? And do they even want to be recognized? Maybe they don't want to be recognized. There's a, if we think about the Grammys and stuff like that, there are a bunch of artists that don't want to be recognized with the Grammys because of the politics. That's a good point. There's some people who don't want to be recognized because of politics. Or I don't necessarily need to be on these particular lists. I know what I do. Right. I'm not here to... Right. I mean, I, I could just imagine people from our community say, I don't want the IRS knowing I'm making this much money. <laughs> it's like, Off of videos. Uh, come on. Yeah. It's like, I do, as a matter of fact, I don't want people in my community knowing I'm making this much money. Right. right. I think that there, there's some truth to that. But I, I do want to say this, too, as well. There is a lot of information out there that we can no longer be lied to or misled. Just by listening to this clip alone, or if you just read or, or consume any level of content, you're given the game. Every single time somebody out there is willingly and openly sharing you or sharing with you their blueprint, yep. which automatically is putting you ahead of them because you can no longer be lied to or misled whenever you're dealing in business. So just pay close attention to what this young girl did by almost diversifying her portfolio or her income streams by partnering in so many different areas. Yeah. So yes, she is a YouTube star. was probably 
first maybe blew up on that platform. But think about how many other revenue streams came from the from from leveraging that one skill set or that one platform. So this should really inspire us. And I know that it's boring and sometimes can be mundane, but I'm challenging a lot of us to make 2022 one of the thing one of one of our goals should be being consistent in boring things. Mm-hmm. We talk about consistency all the time, but let's be consistent in boring things. One of those things being business fundamentals, right? Understanding operations, understanding finance, understanding business development, because that stuff is boring. It's not, it doesn't have the same type of attractiveness and appeal that marketing and branding has. But you know what? That's the difference between somebody landing on number one in that list and not being mentioned on it at all. Mm. See what you did there. But um, let's get into this next topic, which is still connected. So um, the Paul brothers are clearly on this this list. And like we spoke about, uh, there are different ways how these creators have gotten on this list from the different businesses and different streams of income. Now, uh, Logan, Paul actually teamed up with somebody who used to be his rival. So in the beginning of these influencer boxing, celebrity boxing days, right? Uh, Logan Paul had two fights with another YouTuber called KSI. And I think he actually lost the last one, right? And the crazy thing is, they made a drink together, prime mm. sports drink, right? Now, which I think is genius. And hear me out with this. And I, I wish I would have paid attention. Is this, since his brother, well, both of them are doing great now, but mm-hmm. since his brother is definitely doing amazing, is this something that they're drinking during the fights. Mm, no product placement. I like that. You feel what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I-, I could see because they were somewhat of the beginning of that celebrity boxing situation. And since uh, Logan just fought Floyd, I mean, whoever he fights next is probably going to get numbers as well. Mm-hmm. Is this something that, okay, on top of us being in boxing now and being in sports, let's have a sports drink and we can sponsor our own selves and make a lot of money because all eyes, pay-per-view everybody is going to be looking at this particular prime drink. Yeah. I think it's genius. Yeah, it's a very good move. I mean, and you don't have to etch too far back or stretch your imagination too far back. We all saw the numbers that came out as it relates to Kobe Bryant and the body armor investment and how that translated for him. So for any athlete, especially high level athlete who's on the biggest stage and has that much attention on them and can get into the beverage industry, can figure out the development and the distribution channels to get them out to the masses, I don't think you can lose. Uh, a lot of people, and I believe the clip talks about it, end up getting branding deals with some of the bigger companies, the Gatorades and some of these other companies. But if you choose to go down that path yourself, another person that comes to mind, Dwayne Johnson, he launched his energy drink. And I, I think he's doing incredible numbers with that. So my point is for some of these big name athletes who are able to figure out the distribution and the development channels it's a really great industry to be in because we're always drinking something i mean you know like come on what mm-hmm. for, my, for my audio listeners he just picked up his cup and drank something so if not just was- any cup nicks not just any cup let me, let me just show you for, for our audio listeners, it has his name, says Moose. 
And, and it's a Nikki and Moose mug that's not available anywhere else. Thank you so much. I just needed those <laughs> specifics. <laughs> like it's not available anywhere else. But, but um, so we have a clip that I found very interesting as far as, okay, he's a YouTuber. Like he's getting into the sports drink industry. But I think he sees the gap and how to kind of beat the Gatorades in the world. So mm -hmm. let's get into it. Understand, honestly, we made a better for you drink that tastes better. Yeah. So why would we not overtake Gatorade eventually? It needs to be like a like a, I don't know what it's like a consumer and like cultural shift regarding hydration beverages that like we have to lead. Yeah. So, so the reason why I picked this clip out um, is because bump that it may taste better. That's really an opinion, right? Mm -hmm. But him understanding that him and, and KSI has culture, right? As part of their advantage where Gatorade may not have culture. They just been so in the game and have dominated for so long with every sport that it is going to be hard to tackle. But if you make it more into what you know best, and for Logan, that's more of the influencer kind of way, mm -hmm. then you may have a chance of the newer generation bringing that into their sport, bringing that into what they're doing. Or maybe what they could kill is like, this is the drink for gamers, you know? This is the drink mm. for the metaverse. Like, this is what they're bringing. Like, while you're playing in the metaverse, this is what you're doing. Like, there's different routes that they can definitely dominate that can then, you know, transfer into yeah. what's happening with Gatorade. But that's understanding what he has to offer and what they have to offer as a as partners, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's not... Because I know, and you can speak on it, where when it comes to products and services, a lot of people lean on, it's better. It's the better one. It's great. You know, bump what they've been doing for years. This one's all the, this is a better thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not even about better. Yeah. What's more convenient? What's more, what's more of a status, you know? What's um, what's the easiest thing to do is way more important than necessarily it, it's better. Yeah, I think there's yeah. a bunch of products. I think the prime example is the of of course the battle of Android and iPhone. Right. You know, right. what is the better phone? That's up for opinion, right? But what's the most convenient? You know, what gives you a certain kind of status? I saw a meme like um, like people definitely when it comes to dating, look at you a certain kind of way when you have an Android. <laughs> right. Like, right. Right. I'm not trying to text you with the green bubbles like it's not right. It's not my vibe. Right. right? Just looks um, different on my phone. Right, but if you if you make it convenient, if you make it a status situation, it, that changes everything. So yeah. from a business standpoint, right, when people are starting out, what do you what do you recommend them as far as focusing on when it comes to the strengths of that particular product or service? Because, like he said, yeah. my strength is changing culture with this, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, well, 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 I think for, for a lot of people who are listening to this right now, one of the things to double down on is exactly that point. 
that we might think that culture competence or being culturally relevant and knowing about what's in, what's dope, what's popping or what's trending, we can downplay that and think, oh, that's just something that I enjoy. It's a hobby or it's 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 not that big of a deal. It is a big of a it is a big deal Mm -hmm. because corporate has no idea what culture is like. So they're always looking to become culturally relevant by collaborating with people who look like us, with people who are us, and they utilize that information and move at scale. So I think if you're just starting, definitely think about how can I utilize the cultural relevance or the cultural competence and knowledge that I have about my experience, my upbringing, and my people in my community and tell incredible stories Use that narrative to tell incredible stories that can connect with the masses or can attract people in a different way, because it's not so much about changing the person's opinion or the, you know, the client base or the customer base, changing their opinion about going from product A to product B, but maybe like you said, changing how they think about it, changing how they interact. So it's, it's more so changing consumer behavior than changing a consumer's taste buds. I don't know that I can control the taste bud, but if I can think about ways that I can make simple adjustments or get them to see it differently, shift their perspective about how they behave and interact with this type of product and they consider my product ahead of what they were accustomed to, that's how we can start making major shifts down the line. But I think the first one that we often undermine is our story. We just think like, oh, but it's my story. Nobody's interested in that. Or it's what my community, that's important because that's going to connect with other community members. And of course, it can attract others who are just interested in what your experience and your background is like. This is true. This is true. Um, And then the last one, the last, last uh, clip that we have. Um. I wanted to get uh, a lesson from somebody who's been in the game for a long time, very long time, uh, and has been relevant for a very long time. Uh, Snoop Dogg. So shout out to to Wallow and Gilly, uh, million dollars worth of game. They interviewed Snoop. A bit ago, right? And one of the questions was, you know, how do you, how do you been in the game for so long? Like, how are you s- still here? Like, what, what did you concentrate on? What did you do? Right? And um, here's his answer. This is all I do and I love doing it. And I like, I've grown into understanding, mastering myself. And once you learn how to master yourself, everything else comes easy. And I think that's what's wrong with the industry right now. It's too many people trying to be like somebody else instead of mastering themselves. If you could just master yourself and and figure out who you are and why God made you, then the world would be a better place because it would be a bunch of original individuals walking around instead of so many people who sound alike and look alike. And that's no disrespect. That's what all due respect. Mm. Mm. So I really love this message because it's like, if you're really trying to stay in the game, it shouldn't be hard because there's no one like you. Like you've really focused on understanding your true walk, your true talk, your true purpose, you know. And with that, you have created something that is a unique experience each and every single solitary time. And when we look at Snoop, he's reinvented himself so many times to stay relevant, but it's all still true to who he is, right? There there just may be some switch up as far as what is happening during the current time, whether it is maybe a current artist or uh, a collaboration that's going to get him 
to further audiences. Uh, prime examples, the Martha Stewart situation, right? I was very confused. I was like, wait, what? But looking into that interview and people, y- y'all should watch that one. That was a really good one. Um, he was like, look, she was looking for someone to expand their audience into a more urban situation. I was looking to expand my audience. We both needed each other. We actually um, talked and we had actually a lot of common, like it was a really cool vibe to where we created a, a unique and needed partnership, you know? Um, and that is a whole another side of the collaboration of like, not necessarily collaborating with people in your industry, uh, but collaborating with people who have separate cultures, separate ethnicities, like traditions, like that type of audience that you normally would never get in front. Mm-hmm. Never. Like no one would think Snoop would ever get in front of a Martha Stewart audience. Yeah. You know, nor did we think Martha Stewart would get in front of some hood people that, right. <laughs> you know, Snoop attracts. Right. Didn't think that, but it, but it worked out, but that wouldn't have worked out if Snoop wasn't true to himself and was right. in like, he could have conformed into exactly what Martha Stewart wanted, like, or was used to, and it would never worked because she wasn't looking for a her or someone who she's already collaborated with, right? And vice versa with Mar Stewart. So, like, I I know we've preached about like just always knowing your true self. We've we talked about the flight assessment that we're bringing up a little bit more recently. I've noticed shout out to the flight mm-hmm. assessment, flightassessment.com. Y'all know the vibes, but, um, but really maybe focusing on this quarter of understanding self, because when you understand self, then the business size work so much easier and smoother the branding side runs so much smoother because you know who you are and you know what you have to offer to the workplace, to the industry, to the world. It's not anything that we've seen or heard, but the the normal problem that we've even uh, figured out is that sometimes we downplay what's unique about us. And so when we downplay it, we can't really necessarily master it because we're not putting true value to it. And we have to look at it like we can't just selectively identify gaps. Right. That's good. You know, like we have to look at all that the industry has and all that it doesn't have. And what do we give to that? Big or small? Because even the small has an audience that needs that. And so I, I'm, I really like and, and really want to, to hone in on mastering like self, Right. We, we, we do that. We preach that all the time. Whoop-de-woo. But there, if we continue to hear it from these amazing people who are standing the test of time that are, like, timeless. Snoop is timeless. Yeah, that's real. And we, we've heard it over and over again. There still isn't a level... That for me, I'll at least say that I can say that I've mastered it. I feel comfortable. I feel confident 
right? Showing up the way that I am in who I am. But there's still probably a different level that we're not seeing that actually attracts the types of collaborations, businesses, positions. He created a whole new position in Def Jam. Right. It was like uh like creative man. I don't I don't want to just say creative consultant, but he literally said a really dope way of mentorship. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Pretty much that's what it is. I my role is to help the newer uh newer artists to create unique music, learn from my mistakes, make sure the originality is still there. You know, I've like I'm molding the creative side of artists that may be lacking in this day and age. He made that up. Why? Because he knew he he took all his experiences. He saw what he can offer and then he gave it to Def Jam. I'm like, you can't you can't do that unless you are truly in tune with self. How can you help others if you don't know who you are? Ooh. Like, let's let's have that conversation. We want to impact everybody and teach everybody and but we don't really know our true self, our full potential. In in this world and in in our careers, let's just let's just go from just a light standpoint of our careers, because if we truly understood it, we would be out of here. Mm. The people who really understand who they are are out of here. And it's a selective few. It's a it's a small percentage. So there's still more work. I'm just saying. That's a good word. That's powerful, Nix. Yeah, that's powerful, man. I mean, I've always looked at entrepreneurship and even just for creators who are listening to this, business people, personal branding, however you look at it, it's really an inside-out job. I know, I know because it's heavily marketed, it's heavily curated, or it's heavily posted right like we got to record it and we got to document it so because of those things we think well oh i gotta focus on the outside no it's an inside out job when you work from the inside out you establish a strong foundation that no matter what happens you can always come back to solid ground and not lose sight of your self-worth your values your beliefs your confidence in the good days and the bad days. Because we don't want to just protect against the bad days. We want to protect against the good days too. Mm-hmm. Because for, for, for some of you who've experienced some level of success, you'll notice that success can change you and not always for the better. Some people like to say, well, money will make you more of who you are. True. But you can be exposed to a different group of people and they can show you success in a new way. And the arrogance might start coming out of you a little bit more. You lose sight of that humility that you once had. Yep. You know, I, I came on this platform and was kind of transparent on myself. And I said, man, y- you walked a little further than you're accustomed to walking at a speed that was maybe faster than what you've been accustomed to walking at. And you didn't take nobody with you. Go back Right. Success can change you, too. So we're not just protecting against the good days or the bad days. We're protecting against the good days, too. It's, it's about protecting against both of them. So the best way I can translate what Snoop is saying is innovate. Don't mimic. Like, yeah, you once you know who you are, it's easy to create new. It's easy to try things that haven't been tried before. But when you don't. You, you'll, 
What you'll find yourself doing, although you think you're innovating, you're more so mimicking what others are doing, what others have done, what others are trying to do, because you're trying to complete yourself or complete the missing pieces of you using somebody else's style, using somebody else's approach. And it's just not clicking. It's just not in alignment. So, yeah, you know, this is one of my favorite topics, but I, I yeah, you, you definitely, definitely put it in some good perspective, Nick's. Hey. Hey. Well, that is the end of this episode. Uh, follow us everywhere, of course, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, our Twitter's been popping lately. Shout out to y'all uh, for our Twitter. And of course, watch and listen to our live show uh, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Six, 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 five, five, five. five. Okay. Five, five, 5 PM, uh, West coast time. I always mess it up eventually, but, uh, Moose final words. Yeah. I'm, I think I got to go back to the foundation on this one because the man has to be ready before the money comes. The man has to be ready before the, the money comes. The woman has to be ready before the money comes, because if there is no strong foundation, they're not going to treat you with what you can't be trusted with. 